listening to the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Today is Mission Sunday, and uh, it's a privilege to be together. I just want to read 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8. And welcome to our family online. It's good to have you with us. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And I really want to encourage you this morning as you stand up with me. (laughs) That you give yourselves fully to worship. That you give yourselves fully your mind and your attention to this morning. It's very easy to be thinking about next week or what happened yesterday. But I encourage you at this moment to give yourselves fully to worship and to fully into this moment that God has given us. Lord Jesus, we just invite you into the service. We pray that this morning that our worship would be honoring to you and our hearts and our minds would be connected to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've been reading a a book called The Heart of Church and Missions, and it mentioned majority of churches don't have missions at their heart level in their DNA. Our activities are marginalized. Mission activities become an add-on to the other functions. And David Platt's major point in the video is that the church, in a sense, the worldwide church has retreated. It has backed down from this assignment that we have been given. I just want to read that quote one more time. He said, I see so few churches risking everything for missions. We have retreated. With the mammoth needs of a world without Christ in front of us and the glory of Christ in us, we face two options. We can retreat from this mission to a land of religious formalism and wasted opportunity, or we can risk everything to fulfill the divine purpose for which we're being created. And I say, let's risk it all for all that have not heard. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity we have this morning to be here. I pray you speak to our hearts and to our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. I've forgotten my uh, clicker. Thanks. So on one hand, maybe the church has retreated, but on the other hand, I have confidence in the fact that God has been at work since the beginning of time to fulfill his own purposes, and nothing will stop that. Nothing will stop that. Isaiah 46, verse 9 to 10. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make knowing the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purposes will stand and I will do that all that I please. I am God. There is no other. So what is and what has been this purpose? This purpose is to have a people connected to Christ, a people that are represented from every nation who have fully yielded to God's kingship and with an all-consuming passion to glorify him and to bring about his divine purpose. 
Revelation 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. You are worthy to receive honour and glory and power. And Isaiah 14, 26. This is the plan determined for the whole world. This is the hand stretched out over the nations. This is the purpose. God's glory, God's honour, we were created for that. So God's plan to accomplish his purpose is to engage a redeemed people in his worldwide mission of mercy. And as a result of that, God gets people from every nation. God gets a a matured uh, church, a part of his process and taking their assigned place in this great commission. Revelation 5, verse 9 to 10. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, every tribe, language, people, and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign forever on earth. We were purchased for God. We were purchased to be priests to serve God. We are worthy to take this role. So this missional concept that I'm talking about today is about God redeeming us for his purposes. Some might say, I know this church is missional because they have some mission brochures in the mission stand. Or there's a photo of some of their missionaries on the wall. Or they have a mission service like today. Those are good things, but hear me out. Those things don't mean that the church carries missions DNA at the core. The real question is, are we, as a body of believers, catching the vision? Are we catching the vision as individuals? Missions, missional, all different types of terms that are used. For some, some of you, you might, it might be a positive thing when you hear those words because it represents future, represents kingdom. But for others, you might hear those words and it might fill you with negative vibes. Maybe you might feel it's irrelevant or not necessary or old-fashioned. Some mission agencies will come to the church and just want you to pray and pay. Just give us your people and then pray and pay for them and then that's all. And sometimes it's the other way around. Some churches think if we just pray and pay and push someone out, we've done our role. But here is a thought. The mission-shaped church is a body of people, you and me, reaching out to others where they are at, cross-culturally, across cultures, and desiring that others experience Jesus for themselves. So this is the missional church, when you and me all take our assigned role in reaching out. So I think that missions is something that you do, and missional is something that you become, something that matures within you. 
Our human nature is to just get what we can from the gospel for our personal benefit. And we often miss God's purpose, his divine purpose in all of this. Jesus said he had come not to do his own will, but to do the will of the Father. And Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We've been called to serve, all of us, just like Jesus did. Psalm 96, verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. God, give us the strength to serve. God, give us the strength to remember that it's about your glory. It's about declaring your marvelous deeds among all peoples. I want to share one story with you. In 1969, two people from New Zealand They met as single missionaries in Ghana. They got together and were married. And they continued serving and reaching out to the people of Ghana. And until today, they have given much time to training and mentoring leaders, African leaders, so that the least reached people groups in West Africa are reached with the gospel. After more than 50 years of missionary engagement in Ghana, and at 80 years old, they are still going. They are conscious of the fact that the Great Commission must be a priority in each and every generation. And we were blessed to get to know this 80-year-old couple who have such passion, such determination. And I wanted to share that story with you because I think it's a question for all of us. We need people like these days who are committed to the cause of Christ. Will will you and me be one of those? How long does our commitment go? You know, the people of Ghana who I know are still really touched by this old couple's lives, by the way that they loved, by the way that they served, by the way that their heart beats still so much for the people of Ghana. I want to tell you about two other missionaries from a long time ago. One of them said, We have one life, it soon will pass. What we will do for God is what will last. You might have heard the words of C.T. Studd before. A missionary from England who faithfully served in China, India, and Africa. He was a radical man with radical missions and methods, but his motto was this, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, Peter, then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him. He became the founder of WEC International, which is the mission agency that we're serving with today. Another young man who was called Nicholas Zinzendorf, And with five students at a university, they created like a fellowship prayer group, and their motto was this, none of us lives for himself. None of us lives for himself. And their purpose was prayer as young men. Their purpose was fellowship, witness, and foreign missions. 
And if you look back in as their story, this was the early beginnings of the Moravian missionary movement, which you might have heard about. But this movement saw the largest and longest prayer chain in history. And thousands and thousands of missionaries who had part of this network were sent out. None of us lives for himself. They prayed with enthusiasm and zeal, but they also matched their passion for Christ with action by reaching out through local evangelism and foreign missions. So what did this story about this older couple and these two missionaries have in common? Partnership. Partnership with God is, is of, of ultimate importance for us as individuals and us as a church. So how are you partnering with God? Not the other way around. How is God partnering with you? How is God partnering with your, does your mission, your ways? No, not that way. How are we partnering with God's mission? So it's estimated in a world of 7.75 billion uh, people that roughly 3 billion have yet to come into a relationship with Jesus. Apparently, according to the Joshua Project, uh, there are 17,000 people groups, unique people groups in this world, and over 7,000 of those have yet to understand the love of Jesus. Most of these groups are in the 1040 window, which is 10 degrees to 40 degrees latitude north. Uh, resistant belt, they call it, North Africa, Middle East, Asia world, Muslims, Hinduans, and Buddhism area. The harvest is so great, but the laborers are still so few, 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 not fuel. Um, is it because cross-cultural missions is no longer relevant? Far from it. We know that. Is it because there's a, a shortage of workers? No, there are plenty well-trained, educated, passionate people with the right skills. I think the major problem is there is a disconnect. A disconnect because there's been a shallow narrative, a shallow story told about the importance of the church reaching out beyond the intentionally reaching out. David Platt says, global missions is the primary job of every local church. And John Stott says, we must be global Christians with a global vision because our God is a global God. So with these facts in mind, our prayer is that our churches will have a heart that beats for reaching our families, our communities, our cities, our countries, and nations. Matthew 24, verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So just a couple of things of what we can do as a local church to stay focused on God's mission. So we need to keep praying that our mission's vision would include all nations and that the conviction would be on our hearts that all people need to hear the gospel. We need to pray that within New Zealand, within our churches, that leadership of the church, their hearts would beat for, for missions, their hearts would beat for the nations because that translates into the life of the church. Growth in the church is not measured by how many numbers come in, how many numbers are here, but maybe growth of the church is based on how many numbers are sent out. 
How many of us are encouraged to use our skills and our abilities outside the walls of the church, in the community, in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever? I think that is the sign of growth within the church. How many of you are saying, it's time to move out? And mission awareness is a regular activity in the life of the church um, and opportunities for being involved in local and global missions like Ethel is just sharing with us this morning. This is not an extensive list, but I want to say to you, OBC, you have been admirably connected to this cause for a long time. And we, you should pat yourself on the back as a church because you have dedicated and made sacrifices for years and years and years for local and global missions. And I really want to encourage you with that. But I also want to ask myself a question and you a question, what more can we do? What more can I do? Because I think this generation has lost the connection to the church it's lost the connection to the Bible. It's lost the connection to the words of Jesus. And this connection needs to be restored. When I was 14 years old, I came to OB and uh, I shared my desire to serve in cross-cultural missions with um, James and the others. And they listened to me. And they saw the potential that was in me and encouraged me and journeyed with me for all those years until it was ready for us to be sent out when I was 28. So this partnership with God is a privilege. For some of us, our love for God has grown cold, so we've forgotten about this partnership, and we've also lost touch to this privilege. But I want to say that seeking God's kingdom is such a privilege and worth far superior to anything else. <laughs> But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Pastor Ken Hemphill said, when you're living in the kingdom, you never get the feeling that you've seen this all before. We have yet to see what God has for us yet. I really agree with this statement. I've been a believer for more than 30 years. I was blessed to have a few years in Tanzania with my parents who were missionaries and at 13 years old, I knew the Lord was calling me into cross-cultural missions. Over the years, I've been to many churches, many different denominations and styles in different countries. I've been to churches that have met in large buildings and churches that met under the ground, under a tree, with no electricity, just a guitar and a Bible and dust. I've seen strong Christians fall away. I've seen weak Christians being transformed. I've seen Christians being real Christians and I've seen Christians not being Christian at all. I've been blessed to serve in cross-cultural missions alongside Tina and the family and with the Aboriginal people and in Ghana for the past 12 years. And I'm so excited now at 40 years old, I'm filled with more expectation and more passion to see God's kingdom come in my life, my family's life, this church, Ghana and Finland and beyond. I pray the same passion for you. Because God has given us something to do, something that will last, something that will have an impact, something that will make a difference. We've been blessed with our skills and gifts to be a blessing to others. You know, Jesus' closest companions, the disciples, 
They had experienced an intensive discipleship course, practical life skills, obedience to following God's ways, and learning to love people. The apostles weren't without their faults. They were just ordinary people like you and me, but they spread the gospel throughout the world. I made a long list of 24 mission-minded qualities, but I'm not going to share them all with you today. If you'd like to hear some of those, I can send it to you. But I wrote those because I want to develop those things in my life. And a few of those are like this. God, I pray that I would have a heart for you. I pray that I'd have a desire to model Christ. I pray that I'd have a willingness to try. Challenges before me are seen as opportunities to to exercise courage, to exercise boldness. I pray, God, that I would have a love for others. I pray, God, that I would have ability to deny myself. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So the mission-minded don't have a me mentality, but I live for a bigger purpose. God, I pray that I'd have a dedicated focus Not a half-hearted heart, but a full heart dedicated to the cause of following you. And God, give me a steadfast heart. This journey is met with a lot of challenges. Teach me to be strong. Um, The church, the ecclesia, when it's true to its calling, when it's in partnership with God, is by far the most potent force for transformational change that this world has at its disposal. The church, when true to its calling, when it's in partnership with God, is by far the most potent force for transformational change the world has at its disposal. The church has been this before, it can be this now, and it will be this in the future. A lot of people claim to be Christian and to know Christ as Saviour when this is fantastic, but many don't recognise the authority that the Lord has on their lives. And thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians must be lifted from half-heartedness and self-centeredness to serve in the ranks of the Great Commission. Will Christians, like you and me, we catch the vision, we keep the vision, and we obey the vision. So, brothers and sisters, we, we catch the vision, we keep the vision, and we obey the vision. God is involved in the, in the chaos of people, communities, and organizations. God is at work on the fringes of society, among the poor and the marginalised, and he's using the church, if we're willing to be a part of that. In summary, a missional church is a church looking out intentionally. A missional person is a person who's looking outside the boundaries and the borders that we put around our lives, to those around us. Lord Jesus, this day, teach us in a new way what it means to think beyond ourselves to the world around us. Help us to be real and relevant, bold and courageous, set apart for your purposes. And I want to end with that verse that I started with this morning. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always give yourselves fully to worship. 
or you give, always give yourself fully to love, or you always give yourself fully to make sacrifices in your, li- in your life for the benefit of others. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.